Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Lay Film Podcast. I'm your co-host Richard and here with me are my co-hosts. Patrick. Tyler. T-Steak is cutting me out. <laughs> 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 T-Steak is. <laughs> and I'm uh, Kevin um, Switzerland. <laughs> Carpio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really bad on my feet. <laughs> oh, Switzerland. <laughs> the Swiss. Hey, yo, Switch. <laughs> Swi- oh, hey, hey, Swiss. All right. <laughs> and um, this is where we get together to discuss the gems of cinema. And so today we actually would want to talk about the Oscars. Because they're so important to the film industry. <laughs> yeah, I watched all five hours. <laughs> really? Yeah, even the red carpet and the uh, <laughs> the post Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Though. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising because the I think the ratings plummeted by like over fifty percent since mm-hmm. last year. So it went like from I think twenty four million to like nine point eight million this year, which is like probably the lowest it's ever been. Maybe, yeah. The films look. I haven't. I don't think I've seen a single film for Best Picture. Oh really? I, I don't think I saw a single one. Same. What was nominated? Uh, a lot. Uh, no Man's Land is what yeah. one? Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. I saw that one. I saw uh, Midari. I saw that one. Oh, who else? What else did I watch? Uh, what's the M word? M- Mari? Minati. Minati? Okay. Uh, Promising Young Woman. Uh, the gro- One of the grossest one is The Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> well, uh, the Aaron Sorkin yeah. written film. So uh, why, why do you say that? I uh, There's another podcast I listen to. It's way bigger. But it's called The West Wing Thing. And it's two screenwriters in L.A. I think one of them even won an Oscar was nominated but they sit there and they do an episode by episode review of the West Wing, the whole like the political drama, whatever show. Yeah, the one that Aaron Sor- didn't he create that series? Yeah, that was like his big break, I think. And uh, yeah, they just talk about the politics of the film and of the film of the show. And uh, I think it's like a bit of a nitpick, but it's one of those like revisionist history things where I know the Chicago, the trial of Chicago Seven, it like glosses over a lot of the crazier stuff that happens and it makes it more about the Chicago 7 as characters and not their cause. It like takes away from the cause of the and in the Vietnam War and I think famously towards the last hearing statements one of the Chicago 7 is on takes a stand and like is doing a closing speech and what they they have a big old list and the list is just of American and Vietnam Vietnamese people killed in the war so far. And his plan then, uh, his closing statements was to sit there and read it until someone stopped him. And then Aaron Sorkin's rendition of the film, he takes that historical moment and he removes the Vietnamese victims of the war from the list the guy's reading. It's only U.S. soldiers killed. And it's just such a little, like, they're sneaking in, like, a gross change of, like, a revisionist history, like, changing the message of, like, it's not about the adherence of the war or war in general. It's about the adherence of the Vietnam War. It's about the adherence of specific wars. And, like, it's, yeah, it's just, like, reaffirmed. Maybe I'll put my tinfoil hat on, but they're, like, there's stuff where they they design stuff like that to reaffirm, like, values and cultural stuff to make us ready for war in case they want us to be. 
And yeah, that's why that movie, uh, that being in the top list for the Oscars was pretty stupid and gross. I, but another, I think uh, there's No Man Land. I think that's the most original I saw, but there's like for every, not original, but for every film in the Oscars, I just watched the trailers and there's like, I can connect it tangentially to like another film in my mind. Like, uh, what's the one I mispronounced a second ago? Minotti. Minotti. Mm-hmm. That one, like, I just watched the trailer, and, like, there's, like, the Strojek trailer, and there's, like, the, the oh, one they yeah. live in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's, like, hints of Strojek, but it's, like, Oscar-fied. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a more uplifting story. And then, like, oh, oh. Yeah. And then Promising Young Woman, I was like, oh, it's, like, Hard Candy mixed with the American Psycho remake, maybe, or the sequel that no one liked with Jolovich, I think. Mm. And, yeah, I think, uh, what else was there? No Man Land, I couldn't think of one right I think, away. I think maybe The Father was up for Best The Father, picture. isn't that a French film as well? About a, is it Amrosa? I saw a short animated French film that was basically the same thing, but it was a spouse dealing with their husband's dementia. Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking? Oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think The Father is directed by Florian Zeller. Yeah, he is a French novelist, playwright, director. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Fred Hampton film. Uh, I just know it's Black Judas in the title. I forget the rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Judas and the Messiah, a Black Messiah or something. Black Messiah mm-hmm. and the Judas something. Shoot, what was the other one? I thought that film was actually really good. I, I missed the boat on watching it on HBO Max when it came out for like a month. And I got HBO Max like a little later. But I kind of wish I watched it because I heard it was really good. I heard it was solid. I heard it doesn't get the Sorkin treatment where it's pretty honest but not fully honest. Mm-hmm. But you can't be fully honest. You know what movie I think really got snubbed? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the latest <laughs> remake of... Uh, you know, um, I went with a, with a friend, and he was telling me, um, he's like, yeah, it's weird. Uh, a lot of people hated the old Mortal Kombat movies when they first came out. But now, what is it, like 20 years later, they're like considered cult classics. Oh, the, the first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the second one is actually really hated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think the first one was was decently like rev- you know reviewed i don't think but the second one was yeah awful i think that i think the awfulness of the second film definitely overshadowed the fact that the first one was actually a decent film well you know what that reminds me of is uh there was like a huge slew of movies in the 90s that like uh got like proper adaptations and you know where i'm going with this fact <laughs> Uh, can I take a guess? Yeah, go for it. Street Fighter, the movie. Yes. With Van Damme as M. Bison. Yes. Oh, yeah, you know, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually supposed to be in Mortal Kombat. Really? He was supposed to be Johnny Cage. You know, that would have been... I, I think that uh, history would have... Or no, uh, our dimension would have uh, caved in on itself mm-hmm. if that had happened. Because, I mean, you got the guy, you know, in Bloodsport already. Like, that's a, like a godsend from, like, uh, the alien race who's, like, guiding humanity along. Like, if they, if they had, like, doubled up on it, I feel like that would have, like, seriously but, disrupted the space-time continuum. But, to be sure, to Lyndon Ash... Uh, I think... Oh, Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage in the original... I think he actually did a great job because he did a lot of imp- improvisation that Jean-Claude probably... I mean, I don't think he's an improviser by mm-hmm. any means, but he had some really great iconic lines in the original. I, so. You know, I think that you make a really good point there because like, had uh, Jean-Claude actually played the part of Johnny Cage, 
I feel like it would have been a completely different performance. Like it would have been like very like stoic, very like um very like reeled in up until like the fighting began. But okay. like with with the rendition that we got, yeah. it like totally shaped the movie to come. And I feel like it it, it honestly like excelled because of that. Because it's like it's it's a video game movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? Like a masterpiece? No, you gotta like. <laughs> it's a series based on the hyper gore of the arcade that was an obsession for people. Exactly, and that brings me to the. How did you feel about uh, without giving too much away yeah. to everyone? How did you feel that um, about the way that they handled uh, the, the self referential behavior of the uh, series itself, um, like in the movie? I thought it hit okay. I, I understood some of the references. Because, um, you know, if you played the original Mortal Kombat, you know, there were, like, certain moves that people do all the time. And they did a joke about, like, a person doing the same move over and over again. And it, it was a, it was kind of a funny joke. But um, in terms of all, all the self-referential stuff, it, not many come to mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Fatality. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Some of the lines. Okay. Yeah. Some of the lines are definitely just shoehorned in there. Flawless just, just, just for sa- fan service no sake. Like, it did not feel organic. What? Like it, it could have actually been good if it was. I don't know. Directed better, in my opinion. Or even just written better. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Both. Yeah. The, the writing and directing. I mean, even the editing was actually not good. Yeah. But um. It's Mortal Kombat. I love the casting. I mean, <laughs> I'm just looking for dope action. That's all I want. It is okay. That's the thing. It's like, very I, average. Can I be honest about it right now? I wasn't that satisfied with the level that they showed or that mm-hmm. they had. Of, I and felt, just action or of just, of just action. You know, action. Action yeah. to just a uh, dr- drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, balance or whatever. <laughs> can you... <laughs> No, I can't believe I'm saying like draw like dramatic elements to Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, um, but, I think the film suffers from, uh, like you said, Kevin. Like the action wasn't that uh, well filmed. It's, it seemed like it was no short lived. Yeah, right? there's like, no impact when when characters are punching each other. They cut so much of it out, and then even when they do hit each other, like you don't really like feel it. It kind of you're kind of numb and desensitized to it. So it's like the coolest scene when Sub Zero pulls out the blood on that dude. And oh yeah, that was still Did fucking show awesome. The fucking, yeah, the coolest part of the movie in the trailer. Yeah, the mm-hmm. best parts of in are just kind of like, in the trailer. That, that, that's a whole other topic. Con- Tyler, how do you feel about seeing like details in like trailers? Like, I hate do you that like, shit. Oh, you do. I hate it. <laughs> especially if that's the coolest part of your movie, you know. Right. I like when I see a trailer and then I go to a movie like thinking one thing's gonna happen because of the trailer and then it's a whole different. It, that's like flips my mind over. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Whereas, like with this trailer of Mortal Kombat, it seems like, yep, trailer. We show you all the dope shit, and then get you to come to the movie, and you see that dope shit. And well, I guess from a marketing perspective, you kind of have to do that if like that is the best parts of your movie because they <laughs> did really just market the best parts <laughs> of Mortal Kombat in this. I bet you yeah. this movie made a lot. I bet you it made a lot of money. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. So box office wise, it made twenty three million dollars. It was just uh, behind Godzilla versus Kong for uh, really for Godzilla versus Kong still beat it out on like its opening weekend. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. It, uh, it made thirty million, and then um, Mortal Kombat made twenty two and a half million. And actually, Demon Slayer, the anime f- film, did nineteen and a half million. And and it 
was in fewer theaters in Mortal Kombat, like probably ha- almost half. Yeah, it's Damn. playing that tower. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I want to watch the anime now because <laughs> I have not. Seen I was it. thinking about checking it out. I was trying to catch up to it to watch it with my homies, but um, I couldn't do it. But I would still say. I could use a sequel for Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, I, like I, the casting is great. I love don't get me wrong, characters. I'm hyped about this series. Like even like I got to watch it in IMAX, and it was what? awesome. <laughs> I mean, like it, it was cool just like being in the theater again, and they're doing it like pretty cool now, like where they give like people a bunch of space with the reserved seating. But yeah, like although the story itself, like it was, it didn't. I mean, it lived up to my expectations, which is like good for a Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. But it was. I'm like, oh man, give me like this. This series needs a proper reboot. <laughs> oh yeah, Hiroki uh, Sonata was really great as Scorpion, and they didn't have him nearly as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. And he's they probably should have made him like the main character. Dude, I, w- I was hoping that it was, you know, oh, gosh, I wish I could do spoilers on this, but I can't. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree mm-hmm. um, because that's what I went into it thinking. Yeah. You know, um, I think I thought that it was going to like focus on uh, a few central characters, mm-hmm. but it did something different, and and also like the way that Mortal Kombat is set up, they're like, nah, we ain't doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, because this film is not even about the tournament, which is Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. is about the tournament, but this is like pre-tournament storyline, and there is a storyline in Mortal Kombat. You know, these. People get together so that they can save Earthrealm because uh, Outer World, you know, the fighters from that world are trying to challenge people from Earthrealm. See, look, there's there's a plot, right? <laughs> um, and honestly, the plot sounds pretty sick. Like, yeah, I mean, from it reminds me of like when I was a kid and like first saw like the video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like I think it was like a Deception that I uh, started playing it again. Like I, like as a bit older, so I finally got a bit more of the story, and I'm like, dude, yeah. this this game is dark, and I felt like it was like my first introduction to like the darker side of life was through Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, let Mortal Kombat guide you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you mess up too many times, you're gonna end up in the spike pit. <laughs> so they dropped that. They dropped. They didn't, uh, that seems so easy to set up. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I think, yeah, because of the writing wasn't good. Um, they didn't have Johnny Cage in the movie, which is upsetting. They didn't have Katana. They didn't have, like, the really, like, original characters from the first game. And then the, the writer, I believe, came out on Twitter saying, like, or somewhere on an article, but he said that they didn't have Johnny Cage because Kano. <laughs> so Yeah, like, what's the... Di- I mean... He see, said because Kano was a big personality or something, mm, and they no. didn't want them... I don't know. I think they could have written that in. Kano's Australian. Kano was great, by the way, in Mortal Kombat. The actor that played Kano was... Uh, I think Josh Lawson is his name, an Aussie actor. And, uh... Yeah, he was really good. The I, characters I thought, are good. The storyline is shit. The fighting is average. I disagree. The characters... <laughs> Pretty much what I expected. Like my biggest, my biggest problem with the characters was uh, the main character uh, did not like Cole at all. Oh, it, was, it was a Sonic OC. I've heard. <laughs> it was the original character do not steal. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, and, maybe I'm biased because uh, I like the fact that he can actually fight. <laughs> I see. I follow him on Twitter and stuff too. <laughs> I, I thought his acting was like, eh. and I felt like he was kind of like a shoe in for um, like one of the other characters. And then Raiden, like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, Raiden was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to like get into it, but like it was, it, 
I felt like a lot of the characters were not acting as they would in the video games or like as they've been pre-established. Because, you know, Raiden's like an omnipotent god. Mm-hmm. He's like... <laughs> Raiden's like my favorite character. Fuck. I know, I know, right? And oh, like, Raiden's your favorite character. It's my favorite guy to use. Who, yeah. who are your guys' favorite characters? Him or Scorpion, for sure. Me? Oh, no, yours? No, me. Oh, oh, you're my two yeah. favorite. Uh, I'm an Ermac guy. Nice. Or Katana, too. Katana's sick. Oh, yes, Katana. <laughs> Ermac Molina. I'm on record for that. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, like, I love Scorpion, Reptile, and that's it. Just those. Or Noob Saibot, I guess, maybe. I'm going with a OG, uh, Liu Kang. <laughs> yes. The yes. Yep. That him and Sub Zero. Sub Zero, like I dressed up as him one time for uh, for Halloween. No way! In, that's in awesome. elementary school. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> that Dude. was like that was like the peak of my of my life. Everything like looking back now, like some of the teachers may be judging you because like how could a parent have him dressed up as a. Such a murderer. killer. Like, dude, you're just jealous. <laughs> like, a killer assassin who freezes people. <laughs> but that's our review of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but um, oh, I forgot to mention about the Oscars is that um, oh yeah, some like controversial stuff happened. Like mm-hmm. how uh, they so this year they usually present Best Picture last. But they switched it where they presented like best director very early on and like best picture even before best actor. So they put best actor last because the producers probably thought that Chadwick Boseman was going to win best actor, but he didn't. Anthony Hopkins won. And now it got really awkward at the Oscars and how they ended it was so like abrupt and like weird. It's just like, wow, who who thought of this? It was horrible. It was like so disrespectful to um not only Anthony Hopkins, but Chadwick Boseman. Like, they didn't really do a memorial, like, memoriam for him, like, properly. And the fact that they tried to um, use it as a rating space was very, like, disgusting. <coughs> it was so low bar. Like, yeah, and then also, like, people are disrespecting Anthony Hopkins now and saying, like, oh, of course the Oscars are going to pick you for best actor because you, you know, you're an old 80-year-old white man, American, and that's all wrong. He's Sir Anthony Hopkins. Don't yeah. disrespect the man. Like <laughs> the guy is the crown jewel. Yeah, and, and so so that doesn't that shouldn't take away from the fact that he deserved best actor win. You know, Ch- Chadwick Boseman was probably really good in his role too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's it's mainly like the way they handled it that like <laughs> like best wow. director early to get people in early keep them. And just sprinkle the big awards out so everyone stays and watches for ad revenue. I can see it. And then close out on the most controversial one. That way you don't have to stick around for the fallout. Yeah, the Oscars have been a sham since Hoop Dreams. I'm going keep, <laughs> to keep rallying to that cause. Probably even earlier since then. Oh, definitely earlier. <laughs> probably since the, its beginning. Yeah, when was the first Oscar? That was probably a ripoff. What do you guys think is like the best award, like f- like movie and or film award show? I think uh, the, the Independent Spirit Awards. Like I love that one. Oh, do, do you actually watch it, or is it even? I I haven't kept up with it in a while, but like I remember uh, when I had IFC, like in high school, um, 
I like came across that and then like each year like I would love to just watch and see like all the different awards like it was crazy seeing like the actors in the movies because before then I hadn't even like paid attention to it mm-hmm. and I'm like oh well, look at all these like these like uh up and coming like actors and, and like uh creators and stuff in like this one area and they're all like movies that were really cool and that i like ended up checking out but like with the oscars i feel like i kind of lost touch with them in like 2011 maybe so like 10 years ago and i don't know like even like watching them like i remember i tuned into them like maybe like for a little bit like a few years after that but it's like i don't know like it just felt so in poor taste in terms of uh, just the the reasons for doing it, like it, it every it seemed like they had a specific agenda that was like uh, that they were like um, keeping up with, and it seemed like so preconstructed. Like even long before the event even occurred, like they're probably in talks with the directors like years before the the projects even start. They're like, all right, in five years you're going to be uh, listed for uh, for best director. <laughs> And it's like, okay, you got to, like, do all these things and, like, just creating the Oscar movie. Like, okay, what are some common Oscar traits? Uh, no, let's say that you, each of you were tasked with creating an Oscar movie. What are some of the things that you would include to make an Oscar-worthy movie? Are you talking about, like, Oscar bait? Yeah, Oscar bait, yes. Hmm... I feel like you. I feel like everything now is just like you got to bring up. It's got to be political, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you can bring up like. I mean, it seems like every year it's been like something to do with race, something to do with sexuality, uh, inequality, inequality, which are not bad things to make a movie about. But that seems like the. Uh, the standard or the the bar right now. <laughs> all right, all right. So we we see your approach to it. What about your guys? Uh, someone already did this <laughs> joke. I'm gonna steal it from them. But American Dad, <laughs> the notorious film Oscar Gold. It's about a young boy in the Holocaust named Oscar, who I think is mentally impaired, and an alcoholic, and he adopts a puppy, <laughs> and the puppy's sick. It's <laughs> just. Yeah, a bunch of tr- conventions and tropes, and that it was a great joke. That shows I haven't seen it in years, but that was like a classic joke. I remember like there's a whole trailer they made starring the alien, and it just keeps piling on like the, the tropes over and over. That's funny. Um, I'm I'm with Tyler. Like I was thinking, like yeah, they always have to do something about race or any like just prejudice and all. I mean, which is great. Like there should, if those films are great and they just happen to be about those films, and yeah, you know that that's fine. Like I, I love that, um, but sometimes, yeah, there's already a like a pre-made ideology, I guess, coming into making the awards show. Like, oh, what what is this year going to be about? What's going on in the political climate? It's what films are going to like relate to that? It's very and, American-centric too. Mm-hmm. Like the movies are like especially now seeing more foreign movies. Like, there's a lot of good ones out there. Well, we're kind of not doing good right now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Another Round, um, the, the film by Thomas Vindenberg, like, he did The Hunt, which mm-hmm. we reviewed. You guys should listen to that. Um, Matt, Matt uh, Mickelson, his, he's the star of that film. And now, I don't know if you guys heard, but Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, his film company, bought the rights to it, so they're going to remake it like, very soon, and he's going to star in it. And I'm just thinking, like, if another round 
why didn't Mads Mikkelsen get nominated for Best Actor? Why doesn't Another Round get nominated for Best Picture? I heard it was really great. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on Hulu, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it dropped on Hulu. So what do you guys think about the American remake of... Yeah, of another round, the Danish film. Like, what? Why do do we need this now? I, or like, I think it's what? lazy. It's super <laughs> it lazy, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a really great idea. Let's just buy the rights to that idea, and then just make a movie that we know is going to be a hit. Just here. like steal the story, I guess, and yeah. make your own shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It feels like this Oscars was like particularly bland. I think Sound of Metal. Oh, I've been wanting to see that so bad. I think that one and maybe No Man Land or Nomad Land are like the most unique ones of the bunch and the rest feel like like there's two biographies or two dramatizations biographies of like uh, The Black Judas and then uh, The Chicago 7. There's like two biographies and then two other films that don't have explicit stuff but there's like connections to films that have been done before. There's no like high life. There's no like, well Climax was, was uh, what's that film? Oh, uh, Suspiria? Oh, yeah, Suspiria was another one, too. I guess everything's influenced by everything. But there's still some original films out there. And this year felt, like, particularly... Like, give me an American Wild Tales. Mm. I'll take that. (laughs) I guess there... What was that Netflix thing that came out? Buster Scruggs or whatever. Oh, that was really... I love love that movie. That was, like, an anthology. That was pretty good. Yeah. So you think think Mm -hmm. that film is, like, probably Oscar-worthy? I mean, I I think Wild Tales? Um, oh, yeah, even, even Wild Tales. Oh, sorry, I thought really you were saying Wild Tales. Oh, no, yeah, I'm talking about, like, uh, Buster Scruggs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, but he would never get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Yes, but considering it's like a, I mean, Netflix did have a lot of nominations. It's starting to get more notoriety now for um, the Academy Awards. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's on Netflix, so that's why at the time when it came out, people were like, what, a Netflix movie getting an Oscar nomination? But yeah, I mean, Buster Scruggs, I think, would definitely be worth it. I mean, the Coen brothers can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, what I would do to to get an Oscar-nominated movie is just make a historical biopic movie. I mean, like, white people love hearing about <laughs> themselves. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, our history's so good. Oh, yeah, I just want to see it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do it about Bezos. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, you already know they're thinking about that. Steve Jobs. Like, wasn't Steve the Jobs movie, like, nominated for Best Picture? Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Facebook, the fucking (laughs) social network. God. I want to change my own, change mine. Oh, yeah? Epstein biopic. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. If there's any producers out there, anyone wanting to get their hands on it. Put your name on the line. Yeah. (laughs) Put your name on the line. Like, I want to make a good movie about your good friend. (laughs) Jeffrey. Your good friend. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love to do that actually. Oh yeah, you know, I saw something uh for the post Oscars and it was really bad. Uh one of the uh reporters was asking uh Daniel Kalua, who won uh Best Supporting Actor for um Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. He was in Get Out and she was telling him or she was asking him a question about like, oh, how are you like under the direction of Regina? Uh, she's referencing Regina King, who did another film that was nominated for awards uh, called um, One Night in Miami. 
it's, uh, it's about how Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and these other figures, like, at that time got together and, like, started discussing uh, what was happening in that uh, time. But she, yeah, she got him confused with one of the actors in that film. <laughs> so she was asking him, like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been following your career for a long time. How do you feel like, you know, what's, like, yeah. What's your direction under like Regina King? And he wasn't. Even, he was so confused. He did like a Maggie Simpson like wide eyes like <laughs> like he did that like the whole. It's so funny. Like it's yeah. People are gonna meme his expression, and then he did give her a chance. He didn't correct her. He just said, "Can you ask that question again?" And then she tried to like double down on social media saying like no I just got my question mixed up I didn't confuse him for another actor she's like no that's the other black guy (laughs) so yeah what do you what do you guys think about that when that happens like how do you don't you do that for a living or you know if you had a job like that wouldn't you shouldn't you know who you're interviewing or who you're asking a question yeah yeah (laughs) you should probably know (laughs) That's all I can say. <laughs> I feel like I'd be prepared for that, but maybe not. Maybe not. I feel like I wouldn't be. Maybe like, I'm so, like... Maybe she had an edible. <laughs> she's a little high or something. <laughs> I feel like like I would do my best to prepare up until the day, and then I would just lose it all to nerves. I don't know. Yeah, uh, those jobs exist for, like, the failed kids of rich people. I don't, I don't think we give them the chance. Because it's not hard. If he, if he's one of the main stars, it's not hard to at least remember his name or just go, hey, I'm here talking to blank, and then access your little mind database. But I don't know, it could be stressful. It could be fun. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. But um, anyway... Let's get to our featured review of Wild Tales. for the week yes sir yes sir um yeah wild tales was wild (laughs) (laughs) wild tales is the 2014 argentine film directed by damien Seyfran. i I hope i said that right i probably did not Seyfran. um he wrote and directed this film and it is about the um it is six short stories I believe about mm-hmm. violence and revenge. So, yeah, uh, what are your impressions, Tyler? Well, and why did you pick this film? Um, I chose it. I wanted another revenge movie, and I was thinking of Confessions. I was like, damn, I need another good one, like Confessions. Uh, so I actually wanted to choose something from uh, the same director that did Confessions, and then. I kind of just got on like a tangent for a little bit online and then I found Wild Tales and 
just read the synopsis and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds that sounds sick. And then I watched the trailer, and the trailer doesn't give anything away. You still have like no idea really what happens based off the trailer. So I was like, boom, let's do that. And then uh, yeah, you and I watched it, right? Yeah, yeah we yeah, watched yeah. it for the first night. Yeah, Richie came over. We uh, it was and, it was great. It was great watching it at the time. You know, we had a. Had a few beverages, yeah, some beverages, some uh, <laughs> recreational, <laughs> some um, herbal tonics, <laughs> miscellaneous activities. I watched it twice, so I watched it again after that because that's how much I, I, yeah, I really, uh, I really dig this film. It was, it was just fun to watch, and I feel like it's a uh, super unique. And it's like I feel like we need more anthology films. You know, it felt like I remember for Sac State we had to go watch like. I think maybe I might have been in class with one of you guys for this. I forget what class we had to go watch like all the Oscar nominated shorts. Yeah, for uh, for script writing. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That class was sick. Yeah, <laughs> the professor was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just didn't expect it to be like it was literally like six short films. I, I thought they were all going to be like kind of intertwined, like Pulp Fiction style or something. But um, yeah, this movie was rad and it was hilarious. And like heartfelt, it was like everything. It was like every emotion in this movie. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like just label this film other than like it's an anthology film, so it has a mix of so many different genres. You know? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I love the uh, just perfect, nice and condensed scripts. Like no, yeah. yeah, there's no dialogue wasted, and it's just. Even if you may see it coming, or you're like you can, you go like, "Oh, I want this to happen," and then it happens. You don't feel it's still very rewarding. It's like, "Oh, this is great." Uh, I think the first a couple of them stand out big time, and then even like I think the third. I'm not gonna spoil it, but like that one, like the final line is like a joke about the whole thing. It's like, "Oh, this is." Because it got pretty dark and grim, and yeah, it's just like one little throwaway like joke line. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that took that took all the tension out of me from that whole like however long that wait, short. Wait, is. Are you talking about is that the uh, the car one? The, the car, car one. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Yes. The detective looks at it and says one line. And like, oh, okay. It got heavy there, but now like I'm ready for the next one, and then it's right into the next one. And even the order was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think they started it off great, like with the good suspenseful plane scene. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck!" I did not yeah. expect it. Yeah, I, it did a really great job at like being in like one location. It wasn't a film where like they had to move back and forth, you know, a lot. Like you know, there's like a wedding, so they're at like one one location. There's the uh, the road rage one, mm-hmm. and that one's my favorite. I, like, I love that one. That one's my favorite. The um, just it's relatable and also like, what if it went to the extreme? You know, <laughs> of having road rage with somebody, and yeah, you know, because I ride shotgun in some people's cars, and I notice some people have road rage. <laughs> <laughs> never me though. I never get road rage. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, I think that you bring up a really good point um, with uh, keeping it all in one location. I think that uh, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me about this movie. Is, uh, um, and, and a common trend with the movies that you pick, Tyler, is they're all like so focused on the story. And I love that. <laughs> like with this one, I wasn't even like noticing that much stuff like with it. Or um, 
I was just so engrossed with what was happening because um, it, there was like hardly no there um, they had the chance to like add more elements to it, but they stripped it away to create um, you know the viewer from getting distracted too much with all the other ongoings besides what was going on and like the insane buildup to the <laughs> to each like climactic moment in the stories and it just pays off at time and time and time again and. Yeah, going back to the one location, I feel like because of that, they uh, gave it. They gave each of the characters like room to become like fully fleshed out, and like uh, the the diner the diner one comes to mind. Um, like right off the bat, uh, you know, we have a character who's in, who's uh, introduced, and then she's like is stewing over this person that she's like helping and whatnot, and then you just see uh, her her moral compass get like pushed further and further away from like its center point and just the way it pays off. And that's just only one of the movie or one of the shorts. Um, but yeah, I loved the, the wittiness. I loved the creativity. I loved what they had to say about each of the themes that they, um, brought into play and like how they all fit within, uh, you know, this blanket of vengeance and, um, and aggression and, you know, being fed up towards these such trivial, uh, rules and establishments and just all these other dumb things that we have going on in our society. And it just like pours over like the entire, uh, message that they're trying to say about each one. And this movie reminded me a lot of the square and like just just in terms of like the absurdity of like each of the events like how they just like snowball into (laughs) these like wild wild tale (laughs) um um, kevin you said it you have to take a shot first oh man (laughs) but yeah i i genuinely had a lot of fun watching each each of the shorts that uh was in this movie and i'm really glad that we got to watch it it was it was a lot of fun he said it. Yep. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so does fun always mean good? <laughs> That's my question. Ooh. I don't think so, no. Because, like, watching Mortal Kombat was probably fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, for sure. It was fun, yeah. But I feel like this is a good fun. I, I really enjoyed it, like... I feel like this is a movie you could show, like, somebody who doesn't have, like, a film podcast or doesn't watch a lot of movies, but it's, like, I feel like it's different enough. Like, someone who just watch it, goes to the movies and watches movies. If you show them this movie, they might think it's, like, weird to start, but then by the end of the movie, they're going to be like, that movie was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You, I, yeah. Oh, no, go for it. I was, I was just saying, like, because this movie has subtitles, that that, that was like That'll probably the first thing I think about when I recommended a movie to someone. Because yeah, someone did tell me like, like, yeah, I didn't watch that because I want to focus on like the visual elements. So like, I don't want to pay yeah. attention to reading <laughs> subtitles. I I, like, I personally love having subtitles on because sometimes I'm snacking hardcore. Yeah, and yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't hear anything going on. And I'm like, or you know, like, these subs are, are saving grace. Sometimes I might try and like do something in between, like do like fold some fucking laundry or something, and then like while watching like just some English shit, and then I, you know, you kind of it gets like semi tuned out, not yeah. tuned out, but like semi. Yeah. You miss some. Where it's like I'll just try and do that sometimes watching like subtitles, and I'm like. 
oh fuck I just missed like two <laughs> minutes of dialogue in the scene like just went through in one here out the other yeah I think you're totally right about that because it, it's so much more convenient to because sometimes when I I mean we've talked about this before on the podcast where like it's hard to watch movies at home because like I mean I know for me at least like because I get so distracted by like things and like you know you doing your laundry as you're watching a movie it's like you're getting to watch a movie and like follow along with it as you're like doing something else because it's like who knows how busy you are you know yeah and it's like, it's, it's like I can't just do nothing for two hours I'm gonna get yeah, something done yeah I saw it there for you you know what you should do huh you should hire Usher. Usher? Yeah, someone to just come in your room and tell you to shut up, <laughs> put your phone away, and watch your movie. <laughs> they, like, come through with a flashlight. <laughs> you get too uppity, they hit you with it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I was about to make a dark joke there. You should have done it. Oh, no. Awesome. <laughs> I think... Oh, we're talking about ushers, not the police. <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about uh, American people, oh. like American citizens. <laughs> you know, going full on a dark night. <laughs> oh, oh no. man. I know you're talking. I understand that reference. <laughs> <But> anyways. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, you know, that was actually really awful events that happened, though. Like, you didn't ever think about that when you go watch a movie, thinking that, like, something bad could happen or... I don't know, so when the audience is, like, going to start something, you know? Like, I don't think I've ever had anything too awful of a theater experience other than people, like, talking too loud, like, behind me. <laughs> and I, to, I actually had to tell someone to be quiet once. <laughs> it's so, like, anxiety-inducing. Because I don't want to come off, like, as an asshole. <laughs> so when I do do it politely, they're like, oh, this this guy has some balls or something. I'm just like, I'm just telling you to please be quiet. <laughs> Shit. I, I feel like with that kind of thing, um, no matter how politely you do it, they're just going to automatically hate you for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, a few weeks ago, like I, uh, I, like, I accidentally cut somebody off, even though, like, I gave them plenty of room. And, <laughs> and like, as I was, like, driving, I see, like, them following me. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. I'm pretty sure that I'm being followed. And then so I, like, pull over after a while. And then, like, she comes, like, riding right up to me with her window down. And she's like, hey! You cut me off! And I was like... And I, was, I just looked at her, like, stupefied. Because I was just so in awe of, like, somebody who had nothing better to do with their day than follow me for for multiple miles. And only to, like, come up to me and say that. And I'm like... I was just laughing at her. And, like, she got so mad. And, like, my, uh, my girlfriend was in the car and she, like, full-on, like, blew up on her. And it was amazing. Like, because I was like... Like, oh, uh, I'm like, oh, sorry. And she's like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, my girlfriend, like, straight up, like, dumb, like destroyed her. And it was so funny. Growing up, I heard about the Sacramento is like that. Because we have, like, the L.A. rudeness minus the busyness and the importance <laughs> of L.A. Mm-hmm. Because I'm off in L.A., they're like, what a jerk. I'm going to just go to work though I got places to be in Sacramento everyone has free time (laughs) (laughs) and they're just as bad so yeah no and like that's the thing though I was like I was like don't you have a life like why did you follow me and she's like yeah I do and she's like I'll have you know I live like right down the street and I'm like oh yeah sure you do like bye (laughs) so let's go no country for old men Mm -hmm. yeah 
I live down the street. When do you sleep? <laughs> then you drive off, cold blooded. <laughs> and then you walk up with your shoes off, oh, yeah. carrying like an air canister. <laughs> oh, man. That's like one of my favorite movies. Like I and that one hardly. Has I've been debating any. putting that on the pod. Oh, yeah, me too. Dude. I've, been, I've been debating that too, man. I, I've honestly seen that movie probably ten times, and it never gets old. Same. Yeah. I would yeah. be so down to watch that movie again. Can we just talk about that movie? But anyways, no, going Kevin, back. Kevin was in his own wild tale at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I'm glad it didn't end. Uh, like that one particular uh, road rage. Uh, we just going to spoilers now. Just yeah, yeah, you know what? Okay, yeah. we're in spoilers. Let's sorry, guys. Like, we're sorry, give, everyone. Like, <laughs> let's give our ratings, and then let's just talk about the spoilers because they're just way more fun talking about it. And it's six different stories. Yeah, six spoilers to give out. All right. <laughs> so, Tyler, what did you think of Wild Towns? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four point five. Four point five. Because this is a movie I could rewatch. Like. All the time. And uh, I think you and I were talking about this, Richie. Like, there's so many dope, like, music, uh, like, I guess, like, montages. Just, yeah. Like, in every single short. There's And there's, like, three or four, like, dope, dope songs in this that I found from this movie. And one that I had already loved, the, the wedding song. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no. It's, I just love shorts. And wild movies. <laughs> I do kind of pick a lot of the same movies. <laughs> I, they're so great, and like you top yourself each time. Like <laughs> no, Confessions is still the goat. Confessions is still the goat for sure. But I think I think this might be my second favorite pick behind Confessions. This is a movie that I like. Want like I've told so many people, I'm like, dude, you gotta watch this after I watched it, and then I know like no one's gonna watch it because there's fucking subtitles. <laughs> I feel like uh, this movie is like right up there with like Parasite in terms of a uh, audience engagement. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that like uh, once Bong Joon Ho actually like won the Oscar here and stuff, like a lot of people were like making the argument like, "Oh, this movie's gonna get so many people into foreign cinema," you know, like because of subtitles and stuff. And um, but yeah, wait. I, don't I think any movie can get you in like into. I think it's easier to get into subtitles like with this movie because like like the plane scene or whatever it like immediately like off within five minutes you're like oh shit this is fucking wild mm-hmm. or like you know these people are about to fucking die <laughs> <laughs> like whereas if it starts off like if it's like a slow burn fucking thirty minutes in and not much has happened it, it's gonna be hard for someone who doesn't watch re- or watch movies with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no plane crash in the first five minutes of In the Mood for Love. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, those shots and the music, those slow-mo scenes, that should be enough. <laughs> now I think back, like, In the Mood for Love, yeah, like, they didn't try hard enough. Why, did they, why wasn't there an airplane scene? I'm not saying that's what you need, but I'm saying that's what <laughs> yeah. these people need. That's why I think it's a good intro. It's a good it's introduction. Good, yeah, it's like a good starter kit for to, like, your movies with subtitles. <laughs> you know? I, I propose something, like, a little bit uh, off- off the beaten path. Uh, I I think uh, I want to put this out there for episode fifty. We should review in the mood for love. Ooh, I've already thought about picking that too. But I was really? like, we, that's like, yeah, that's like that's like an untouchable, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if we make it to that milestone, that's like all the more incentive to keep going, right? Yeah, we're ready. Hopefully, we're ready by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully, we can have enough big brain energy. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll pull up my notes for that one. I wrote I wrote a long paper on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You're gonna turn it's like the into, only paper uh, I really tried on college. No. <laughs> You're going to turn into a podcast form. <laughs> turn my essay into like my two-hour-long form discussion. <laughs> oh, um, I recently got a question from uh, one of our listeners. Oh, sure. um, so I feel like we're just like... Anyways. We're um, fucking blowing up. Yeah. But, um, What's uh, happening? They, they asked, uh, so is there going to be um, a Snyder Cut discussion for what? Justice League? Really? People were asking about that? Yeah. What episode? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm episode. shocked. I, I did not know this. Kevin, you just brought this on me. That's right. Like, and, and, and I <laughs> asked... You me two weeks to watch and, that. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen if uh, if we do do that? It's going to be a six-hour-long episode. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like, when we did uh, Batman v Superman... We did like a three-hour. Yeah, that was like just about the same length, right? That was our right? ultimate cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that was the extended version of like <laughs> Just see yourself out after that. <laughs> but yeah, somebody asked about that. Mm. And I'm like <laughs> If it happens, it happens. Yeah. You guys know how I feel. But I'd rather do a Star the Wars. Movie first. Is, <laughs> I thought the film was pretty good, in my opinion. Um I'm a fan of like Batman v Superman, and I, I thought Justice League did. I guess just as good when they had Men of Steel, and uh, I thought, yeah, I thought they were good films. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could have. But, I mean, it's up to you guys. The I'm down for that, but um, yeah, it's up to everybody else. I don't know if I'm ready <laughs> for that. I got PTSD from that. I I watched, well, another podcast or a channel or whatever that I follow is Mega64, and I uh, watched one of their podcast episodes recently, and they got on the subject of of the Justice League uh, Zack Snyder cut. And if anyone's interested in uh, video games or follows Mega64, I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, just for, like, a podcast episode alone, because there are some... uh, there's some deep takes or hot takes on that one. And uh, it's just funny hearing all of their like different opinions on it. But um, yeah, uh, if this movie becomes a thing that we discuss later on down the road, I feel like it's going to be an event. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for all the 2.5s and the 3 bombs on, the, on Justice League. <laughs> to be honest, gave fucking Batman v Superman like one. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I gave it like a 2 or a 2. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember... Dude, I remember. I, I, oh wait, so so that question was asked earlier, like uh, about uh, is it or is just because something is fun, does it make it good or bad? Um, I personally hate superhero movies, like with a with like a burning passion for the most part. Um, there are some few, there's a few exceptions to the rule, um, or not the rule, but uh, to my opinion on them. But uh, yeah, I feel like um, I love to hate on them, and and also I I secretly love them. I guess in terms of uh, the idea of them, uh, yeah, I love the idea of a superhero movie. And um, when it's like, for instance, the boys, I feel like that's a great take on a you know tackling superhero uh, or uh, different takes on that, and uh, in terms of like how they correlate with like society and whatnot. Um, 
But for the most part, I don't. I think that it's very hard to nail a superhero movie just as it is a, a video game movie. And although there are many more superhero movies compared to video game movies, I think that uh, that's just a whole area that um, I, I don't think it's hit its stride yet. And and it's it's like found its way quite yet in terms of like let's say um, like on the same level as Confessions or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's like a genre, but it's not an artistic genre it feels like it feels like it could be good mm-hmm. and there's some good ones or like some really good ones but there's no like this one's art there's no like there's no like a johnny guitar or like uh like it's just shane there's no shane superhero movie yet but mm-hmm. there's some that are pretty good i believe mm. yeah yeah i mean i personally think that um Zack snyder's doing something different with the superhero genre enough for me to like just champion that Compared to like you know what Joss Whedon did or the Russo brothers did for their movies, and I think he took it to really great places, you know. Um, and there's a lot more diversity in the way he's telling his stories, and even in the cast as well. And um, yeah, like I don't know if you guys appreciate little moments like the the Amazon scene. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. I thought it was badass. <laughs> you know, you want to see like. Amazonian women kicking ass and like you know defending their their right to you know their position. So I want an Amazon movie then. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want. I mean, like, yeah, there's Transformers Wonder, with there's Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare Zack Snyder to that bad. No, no, I'm being unfair. Uh, but when the bad, the bad. <laughs> What's the worst one? That's another tangent. Uh, uh, Transformers. <laughs> that's, that's not superhero. That's Transformers. That's its own genre. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Batman or Superman? I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not, dude. I don't know. I, I always just watch the warehouse scene like every few months. The Dark Knight. I'm just <laughs> shits on that movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> Man. But we, this is we're gonna get this is this is gonna turn into a four hour. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> we're already at fifty three minutes. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> we hardly talked about Wild Tales and all. <laughs> okay, so I would give Wild Tales it's a three point seven five. You because you talk shit about my movie that I didn't make. <laughs> um, no, I thought Wild Tales was really fun. Uh, like everyone, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is fun, and it's fun in a good way, too, and um, the way they blended the genres and, like, the cinematography was consistent with every story. It's not like they hired, like, eight directors to do these shorts, you know? You can tell it's from one director, and so I thought, yeah, Damien Siphon, Siphon? Siphon? Yeah, I thought he did a really great job balancing... Um, all these stories and um, yeah uh, I would definitely recommend seeing this film I mean don't let subtitles prevent you from watching a movie that could be just as good as you know the American or Western like films you've already been watching Uh, I'll give it a 4.25 the writing's tight Uh, there's a natural through line I think or it feels like there's even a building drama throughout each short so he even he thought about organizing them 
and the cinematography stood out. Like some are being safe or not safe, but some aren't. Some aren't trying for stuff. But the last one had a lot of moments and a lot of motion where I was noticing the cinematography and just like so many nice ideas. Like uh, two characters on like a waltz, and the camera's just going with them. Like the camera's on the waltz, and we're with them. It's just yeah, a really good movie. I actually had the same exact rating. <laughs> I was like, it's better than a four. <laughs> like, cause it, cause it actually like builds on top. Cause for something to reach a four for me, it needs to be saying something different about, um, or just having its own like unique take on a certain message. Cause it's like, I feel like that's where originality lies in artistic uh, expression is, is how you tell your own tale on the subject itself. And with this one, what the director and writer does is build on top of, like, the themes of, like, vengeance, of course. And um, I'm a huge, like, there was, there was, like, a time in my life where I was in, like, a huge uh, vengeance phase of, like, oh, man, I just want to watch, like, Korean vengeance dramas. Mm. And, like, you know, I got into, like, Park Chan-wook and uh, Kim Ji-woon and, like, uh, a few, oh, and Bong Joon-ho, of course, like, and, um, yeah, and... I don't know. There's something so satisfying about uh, this movie and the way and, and refreshing, incredibly refreshing in terms of uh, seeing how it uh, builds into its own, um, like its own. Well, it does a really great job of world building. That's the thing that I noticed about it a, a lot, especially in terms of like the atmosphere and the way that they nail um, how uh, or creating rules that exist within the, the story itself. Like, for instance, with the. Uh, <laughs> With the uh, with the bureaucratic one, where or yeah, the bureaucratic hellscape one, where <laughs> where the guy's getting a, you know having to deal with his car getting towed, and um, I just thought that it was so so much fun and so engaging. And uh, Pat, like you were definitely re- like I didn't notice the cin- I mean, I noticed like it a little bit, like in terms of uh, the quality of it um, from the very get go, especially in like the airplane scene. Or just the way it was like framing up um, all the characters and their relation to, or their how much mass they take up inside of the world that the story is creating. And with the last one, there was like a particular shot that I absolutely loved. It was like when the camera is mounted to the to the. Uh, to the door. swing door? Yeah, yeah, to the door. Oh, yeah. And then it just swings open. And, and she runs out. Yeah, and, and it was just so... I felt like it was, like, the perfect, like, crash in terms of, um, you know, showing the... Or, I guess, displaying the tone or the, uh, the atmosphere that they were going for. And, you know, like you mentioned, Pat, like, building... Like, each story, like, was able to build itself into its own, like... Uh, I forget. But, yeah, anyways, yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling, but uh, I thought this movie was great. And uh, yeah, four point two five, excellent, excellent music. Yes, and like the montage. Like the, music, this, the scene, like I think it's towards the end of the parking ticket one, where it's like they're all just paying. Mm-hmm. And I downloaded the song. I forget what it was. Oh, I, I got to shout them out because it's because it's rad. Uh, but just like that scene is like that. Like that's just like my favorite use of slow mo. Like that slide backwards, and it's like some epic. Epic. Um, here it is. Here it is. Oh, and the colors. Don't even get me started on the lighting mm-hmm. and the ooh, like the quality of it. Yeah, air, air libre, air libre. Uh, Lucian Belmont. Nice. If you want a sweet track to check out? Check that out. <laughs>
and yeah, it's playing while they're like they're like it's like they're visually sucking his blood and he's just sitting mm-hmm. there like slowly pain as the camera's going back. favorite uh, film within the film or favorite short I guess the road rage one that one's my favorite the road rage I think was definitely the most uh, <laughs> the funniest one <laughs> for sure especially because that one had an ending and like you can kind of feel detached afterwards because <laughs> like just the ex- how the road was like the funniest and the heaviest. Yeah, because yeah, it is very, <laughs> which is a hard combo. I feel like it's a hard I like combo. The, to get. the action vibe to that short, like the yeah, the way they filmed like the stunts were really great. You know, like the guy hanging off the car, and you're thinking like he's going to die, but like somehow he makes it. And the way they film it, yeah, like the ca- putting the camera there and making it very believable, like. Yeah, that this character can be gone one minute, you know. They're just in when they're in the car, they're just smacking the shit out of each other with the fucking wrench and the oh, yeah, yeah. fire extinguisher. Yeah, that one's my favorite. Yeah. I think um well I'm kinda like torn on uh two of them. Uh one was the was the bureaucratic one. That one <laughs> I don't know, there's just something so it reminded me of a repo man and um Wait, is that? Yeah, that's the name of it, right? The 80s one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, oh gosh, so there's this other one. But, uh, yeah, I love, like, that. I feel like that's its own, like, particular genre of, a, of um, storytelling is, like, being fed up with, like, society in terms of uh, the rules that are, like, preordained. Oh, it also reminded me of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed, um, <laughs> like, the off-kilter humor and um, like you just see like this person slowly going insane because of the rules that are in place, and then when they finally rebel against it, like they're celebrated as like a hero in a weird way. Um, <laughs> but like at the same time, it's like it's like but you're being driven to that, and it's like what's so admirable about that? And like you see this guy just like yelling at like these, I mean, in a just way, being a Karen. Yeah, yeah, he's like so self entitled. And then, um, but then you see all these other, uh, people like, you know, not saying anything, like they're just being so complacent with everything. And you just see like him just slowly losing his mind through it all. And it's like, I'm like, I, I recently had to cancel my account with like, with my internet provider. And that was like, like I, the call got dropped. Um, like I, I, I kept trying to get through to somebody because it's like so specific of like an issue. And they're like, Oh, if you're calling for tech support, please say, and then like give you like a whole like sub menu. And anyways, like, <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> and I understand. Kevin, do we need to check your trunk? 
<laughs> no, like... <laughs> that was one of my favorite shots, is when, at, right at the beginning, like, when he lights up all the bombs, mm. like, in the yeah. building he blows up, and you see everything flashing while it... Another, like, slow pan out. Uh-huh. Or when the building gets dem- demolished. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, that's actually... I didn't think of that one being one, one of my favorites, but... I, I, I like, might crack my top three. Yeah, and... Like I said, like, it reminded me a lot of Repo Man, and I love that movie. Like, that movie is incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm torn between that one and the final one, because the the final one just stood out to me so yeah. much. Like, I was just so engaged with what was going on, like, right off the, right off the bat. Um, like, we were talking about the airplane one, and that one took me, you know, it didn't uh, get me nearly as quickly as, like, the, the final one did. And um, that's not to, like, bag on the first one at, at all or anything, but there were so many additional elements that got layered onto the final one. Like, the cinematography, like, really jumped up, and so did the editing and the lighting and, um, like, just the whole visual experience and also the sound, too. Like, it was so... It just drew me right in. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite... I'm, I think I'm split like you, Kevin, where it's the uh, bureaucracy one. But I think the wedding one wins out for me. And yeah, it's just just really good. Yeah, the wedding the wedding one for sure. That's why I, that's another reason why I actually I didn't say that before, but also like I'm getting married or whatever. So I was like, I wanna <laughs> choose a movie with a wedding in it. And so I seen that in the trailer. And I didn't know, I thought it, I, I thought like the wedding was maybe gonna be like, you know, the main part of the movie. Didn't know they were all gonna be separated. But yeah, it was just <laughs> uh the yeah, the wedding was, uh, that was just, like, the epitome of, like, a wild tale. <laughs> I keep saying it. But, uh, yeah. It like, seven times. I think that was just, like, the, one of my favorite endings to a movie, too. That was, like, the best fucking ending ever. They're just, like, fucking on the table. It's, like, at the whole wedding walks out. It's, like, the most shit show of a wedding ever. You think they're gonna, like, not get together, and then they just start banging on the table. The cake's falling over. Like, it's a great final shot of this the, the table rattling with the cake falling down. Yeah, it's a memorable wedding. There's so many, like, beautiful, like, moments, like, put into... The, or not beautiful, but, like, also hilarious ones. Like, like after the uh, the cook and, and the bride, like, have oh. sex, like, on the roof. And then, like, they're, like, finally, like, out dancing again. And then you just see the cook, like, it's, like, from far away. And he's, like, in the in the kitchen with, like, his friends. And you just see him, like, motioning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's on the chair as all, like, all the groomsmen are, like, carrying him around and sh- celebrating him. And he's, like, he's looked like a lost child. And he looks to the left and, like, we have... His perspective, <laughs> dude, motioning as the doors like sliding open. And closed. <laughs> like, that dude just fucked my wife. <laughs> but yeah, like even uh, I love like I didn't know what was gonna happen, but like when the uh, groom or whatever like grabs the champagne and pops the champagne. That's like my favorite part of that that film. It's and he just like it's like so dramatic. He just like pops it, hella fucking obnoxious, chugs it. And then, like, I think the second time I watched it, I realized uh, she starts to cry. And then he, like, notices, and I'm like, oh, shit, he actually, they're, like, actually still in love. Like, even though he just caught her banging another dude. And they both wronged each other, and, like... And then, yeah, yeah, and then that song cue, uh, Fly Me to the Moon by Bobby Womack, 
which is already one of my favorite songs. So I was like, oh, this is... And me and Abby actually had already discussed doing that as like a fucking wedding song. So I was like, oh, no wonder I fucking chose this movie. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But yeah, that scene with that song, I was like, oh yeah, this movie's... Or this, this movie within this movie is fucking primo. Damn. Um, slightly off topic. Primo is one of my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> Primo, the fucking this shit's the bees knees. <laughs> I bought a burrito the other day. That shit was primo. Oh, dude! So I recently like got back into skating and like oh skating. Yeah, like really off topic. But um, I've been like my body slowly paying for it. Like in terms of uh, you know boo boos. Oh yeah, <laughs> is your body paying? <laughs> But yeah, like, I recently, like, tried doing a primo on it again because, like, that was, like, one of my favorite moves, like, seeing Rodney Mullen, like, doing that and, like, oh, especially in, like, a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Like, dude, like, I just, I just love doing, like, the freestyle, just, like, you know, like, that was my favorite parts of the, of the competitions in those games, like, racking up the points. When I, when I played the Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, it was, like, on a demo disc or something. So like ten minutes or like five minutes long. My favorite thing to do is like do a crazy trick and like fall over or like hit bang my head on like the corner of like the the rink. Like yeah, I love the I don't know, I just had like a sadistic idea of like being injured like while skating. Wasn't there blood in that game <laughs> yeah, too? Yeah, there was, I think, yeah. But there was blood in that game, so it lets you know I'm serious. <laughs> But uh, yeah, unlike this, unlike this film, though, in Wild Tales, you know, someone gets uh, smashed through a mirror and they're bleeding all over, but it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that was. I forgot about that part too. That was sick. And then her monologue too at the top, at the mm. rooftops or whatever. <laughs> She's like, "I'll fucking end you. I will fucking then I'll go to the lawyers and cry and act like I'm trying to make it work and you'll be stuck with my ass forever." That was yeah. awesome. He only escape his death, and even then, I'll get everything. Then, <laughs> hey, I'd rather have that than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We're in spoilers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Definitely. We are now in spoiler territory. <laughs> was another. Yeah, the the line at the end of the road rage one. <laughs> yeah. What did he say again? He's like, like, what do you think it is, Chief, or something like that? It's like, lover's quarrel? The question mark? And it's like, they're two skeletons in brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crime of passion. <laughs> yeah, a crime of passion. <laughs> <laughs> the, the person who's doing the autopsy is going to have a hard time figuring out, like, the whole situation. Like, yeah, they know how they died, but, like, how do they get here? <laughs> like, do you guys think that uh, if you were just, like, a general uh, bystander and you saw, like, this sort of thing happening, like, would you intervene? Or, like, would you, like, what would you, what do you think you, how do you, would, no, would you I'd react? probably, like, pull out my Snapchat. <laughs> 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 I'd probably fucking give it a play-by-play. <laughs> Do a little commentary. <laughs> Maybe until I saw the dude fucking... Being choked to death from the <laughs> fucking seatbelt. <laughs> that shit was gnarly. That got like super fucking dark and heavy really quick. I was like, oh, this is like uncomfortable. At least someone's gonna die. Whoa. Like the fire extinguisher. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I was wondering that. What's in it? It's like nitrous, right? Or it's so like, like some sort of white powder. When you inhale that, like. 
Are Dude, you gonna pass out? Or I, I don't feel know. like you, you got to be shaving off years of your life. Like that's like the long term. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the <laughs> shot, the sh- the shot of the like redneck guy's face, like in that scene when all the the fire extinguisher goes off, and you just see his face come out. Like that was one of my favorite shots of the film. Oh yeah, they, this film had such a good like really good close ups and like knowing when to emphasize that situation and make it like comedic but like also very creative so uh i have a question for for you all um how or what are your thoughts on how this film approaches vengeance and its uh relevance in society and in terms of like um yeah anything anything in that regard it feels like every perspective it feels like we get the one where it's bad for everyone and the car one we get like a kind of gross corporate escapism, not corporate, but like rich escapism from repercussions with the, uh, the family whose son, uh, ran, did a hit and run on a pregnant woman, killing both of them. And they, he comes home that night and it's not found out yet. So they're debating with his lawyer and a groundskeeper on how to pay him to take the fall for their son. And yeah, like, yeah, we see the perspective of like, oh, he accepts the money in the end. And then he's walking out and like the husband just kills him in the angry crowd. <laughs> and then, yeah, once where they make up and it's all good in the end, like at the wedding one ending. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head pretty much. There's all like... What else was there? Obviously, I guess. And then there's just the sadistic fucking revenge, which is the first one. The plane. Where it's yeah. like, I was like, is that his parents' house? I saw something, something too. Like, <laughs> this was just on like Reddit or whatever, but it was like, oh yeah, he flew the plane into his parents' house too or whatever. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> wow. That's what I thought it was going to be for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah, like the whole like, oh, he, the second one where the diner one where she kills the guy that the mob boss who like made her dad kill himself that's a tough one like that's well, that's one where it's like huh that's one where, like she's trying to be there's like a peer pressure aspect to it that she overcomes but the well i feel like when they introduce the the son or like the yeah you know that relative angle i thought it went too quickly like i thought the climax in that story i thought like it had a really good setup, but I felt like things ended too quickly. Yeah. And I felt I could have used maybe five more minutes of, like, the story of this woman having this moral dilemma, you know? Like, when she's being influenced by her coworker, like, she's not wrong for what she was saying. Like, for where they live, you know, this person has power over you. But, like, is it right, you know, to end that? <laughs> Yeah, and she she overcomes it in the end when she, because she does she does fall to the peer pressure when like the fries are poisoned, and when the sun comes in, that's where like she has to do her thing where she goes the other way, and that like just speed lines like within a minute of her like saying like I gotta stop this, there's like someone stabbed, and then another minute the short's over. <laughs> but I like I like the I see what you mean with the short though. We didn't get a lot of because part of me was expecting like is this gonna be a misunderstood identity aspect i was sitting there thinking that like how does she know for sure for sure if it was when she was a young girl and something like that i feel like that one could have easily gone on i mean not easily but um 
I could see it going on for an additional 15 minutes to really build on top of it. And I feel like it could have gone in some very interesting directions in terms of a, how uh, the character like copes with her, her decisions that she made and like having to like reconcile the fact that she was not only pressured but allowed herself to, um, you know, take on these, I mean, to, to act in that way. And, um, yeah. Um, one other thing that I wanted to ask too was, uh, what do you think drives a person to want to commit acts of vengeance or revenge or anything like that? Like, um, yeah. Hmm. Finding out, finding out that your spouse cheated on you at your wedding. (laughs) But like, but why would you react in that way? Yeah, you know, I actually probably wouldn't do do that, like what she did at the wedding. Or like, um, I guess, uh, like, what do you think would cause a person to act in that way? I think of like insecurity or just a lack of something about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like an irrational, animalistic, like biting someone who bites you. Like it feels like something. It feels like a reptile part of our brain. That was like existed to fight over food that comes back up in different contexts now. Yeah. Like an eye for an eye. Like mm-hmm. it's just that, but just written into our. I don't know if I've ever like gotten revenge on somebody. Or to like <laughs> retaliate. Yeah. Like. Retribution. <laughs> yeah, Omerta. You gotta have a lot, like, I guess bottled up or, mm-hmm. you know. Which a lot of people have. And I don't know, yeah. There's you got to be kind of a loose cannon, too, probably. <laughs> so there's small revenges you can well, get. Yeah. Because the wedding story, you know, it is about some parts of it. Yeah, it is about having revenge on each other. But, like, it is about the lengths you go through when you love somebody. Because that takes work to love somebody. And um, when you do that, sometimes you're going to hate them, too. And they're going to do things that you don't understand and you think you have a right to now, you know, and yeah, it, it's, it was kind of somewhat uplifting that they like stayed together and when he cut the cake and stuff, <laughs> like that was total revenge on his part too. Cause you know, he was right about like, yeah, he did that one mistake, but is it worth like everything that she's doing at the event, you know? But yeah, I mean, they were both great. Like the, uh, the actors, um, in that storyline, I thought that was the best acted. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of. I'm, ever, dan- I'm trying to think of like an act of revenge that I've done. You know, like. <laughs> the dancing scene was really good when they were dancing together and they were talking about something going wrong, and then I think right. their parents came up. So it's like the switching off for a little bit, and then they come back together again at the end, and she was, like, crying. And it's pretty clear, like, everyone's worried now. What's going on? Like, everyone's seeing this. What's the great joke where it's the groom's mother attacks the the bride, and then the bigger... the, oh, the dads? Yeah, the, the one dad comes over, the, the, <laughs> the father of the bride comes over and says, like, get off her. And then the husband of the mother comes over, no, the husband to the... Fuck, I'm getting all confused. To the groom. Yeah, the other father comes over 
and then the the dad of the bride's like, "Don't you dare stop me, or I'm gonna something." So no, I'm helping you, man. I'm helping you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like a little throwaway line. I'm like, it's a high emotional moment. <laughs> I love the uh, transition too from the diner one to the car one. Like when the car, like some of them have built in transitions, I think, mm-hmm. where the car like flies by in oh, the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to like just his car just mobbing. Just hard yeah. cut and the synth music's playing. Uh, I love that part a lot. Yeah, I thought the editing was really the editing was really strong in this film. The way they like incorporated the songs and when to transition to a new story, and you can tell that it's a new story. Yeah, like it was really it wasn't confusing. Like you didn't know, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, watch this movie. Watch this movie. It's a good starter kit. <laughs> good <your> starter kit. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I highly recommend this movie as well. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those like party type movies, you know. It has like a, it's like a box of chocolates. Like, you, know, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely rent it on. Um, you can just rent it right on like Google and whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's accessible. Stay tuned for our Forrest Gump uh, <laughs> review next week. That movie's a classic. I think <laughs> we're not gonna go down that tangent. I think, oh, man. <laughs> until you guys start bringing up stuff I never thought about. Like, oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it this whole time. I just brought it up. Just comes. But yeah, see wild tales. <laughs> was that it? Was that the end? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, I had, a, uh, I had an Eddie for this episode, so we're already like almost an hour twenty in. <laughs> I okay. Uh, I'm just gonna say like uh, I'm gonna give a list of like some of my favorite uh, revenge themed movies. Uh, first one, right off the bat, Old Boy. <laughs> I still gotta watch that. That's at like top of my list. Right if, now. You, if you don't know, you know now you know. <laughs> <laughs> the American one, right? Oh, Pat. <laughs> no. Yeah, Spike Lee directed it, and you know anything he directs is good. You know, um, which brings us back, which brings us back to um, uh, that one movie that you were talking about, where. Um, People bought the rights to uh, Thomas Vinterberg's latest movie, and now they're making a remake on it. Like, when I heard that they were doing a remake of Old Boy, I was like, no. Like, there's no need. No. It's, it's good. Like, it's good as is. Um, there's no way that you're going to be able to live up to it. All right. Um, let's just go on another fucking tangent. What are some of the worst remakes of all time? Oh, man. <laughs> This is like a half Wild Tales, half uh, Wild Tales is so after dark. Yeah, Wild Tales is so condensed, and like even spoilers. I don't think we spoiled anything really. We just gave away how the story plays. You could just watch it, and they pretty much give you like they spoil the story within like the first two minutes of each story. Yeah, it has like a self-referential. Like it's pretty meta at times. Like you can tell. Like at times, it doesn't need to be that serious. You know, like. 
guys, it's not about where you're going. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's not about where, where you're supposed to be. It's about how you get there, right? Like, I feel like that's, that's what this movie's all about. Yeah, it's all about the journey. <laughs> this movie's about the Falklands War. <laughs> and revenge against England, which is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, um... I'll, I only gave one movie uh, on that list. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is old boy again. Confessions. Oh yeah, Confessions is definitely confessions. right up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much the entire uh, Vengeance trilogy by Park Chan Wook. Uh, if I had to rank them, which nobody asked for, it'd be Old Boy, uh, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, purely for this one moment in the movie. If you know what I'm talking about. You, you know, um, and then uh, and then the first one, sympathy for Mister Vengeance. But that aside, um, I also Kill re- Bill. Oh, oh, Kill Bill is a ama- Okay, which one's your favorite though? Volume one or two? Dude, I actually haven't like rewatched Volume Two since I was like when that came out. So I was like twelve when I watched it. So, like, <laughs> I didn't really process it right, but so I have to say one though. Mm-hmm. Now. Ooh, man, two's for me. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> Like, that was the thing that got me into, like, spaghetti western music. And, or, like, into spaghetti westerns in general. See, like, I, I got into, like, so many phases. Like, I was in a, a phase, like, with the revenge movies. And then it was, like, science fiction. And then it was spaghetti westerns. And then zombie movies. And then all of these just, like... <laughs> all these tangents. Yeah. Uh, Legally Blonde. That's a good revenge movie. Yes. She shows those Harvard jerks who's who. Uh, you know, I like that pick. That's actually really Yeah, that cool. movie's yeah. good. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon's very charming, and like she's really great at the lead in that film. She's really uh, trying to subvert the tr- you know dumb blonde trope, and I think the movie earns that with her performance. So. Nice pick. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's a child childhood movie I barely remember except for small th- things I, I just remember it was pretty good <laughs> hmm, I'm trying to think of what else but really bad remakes it's kind of hard because I try to avoid them anyway The Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't that good and it had the makings of being a good movie um, dang that actor that played uh, Freddy Krueger he was in Watchmen I forgot his name uh like the red-haired guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's really great. Like, you, you know, he's one of those rare, like, character actors. And if you're going to have him be this iconic character, like, make a really good story around it. And they tried to do that. I don't know. Didn't they make him, like, a sex offender? Or the yeah, other one was more ambiguous? Like so you're supposed to, he was, like, a vengeful spirit instead of just a bad guy? Yeah. I saw it in theaters opening weekend. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine would be Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. Oh. <laughs> and then the new Netflix show, Ghost in the Shell, which is also really bad. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Dragon Ball. Oh, Evolution? Yeah. Oh, man. Or Goku's in high school. <laughs> I think it'd be harder to write a bad Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> I remember watching that in theaters when I was like 11 and being like, it's so easy to entertain me as a moviegoer at 11. <laughs> I was like, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Yeah. 
There's a lot of bad remakes out there. Yeah, I think, I think the Blade Runner remake was good. Mm-hmm. And does it cool. count as a remake or a sequel? Because mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is in it. True. Yeah. Okay, what are some bad sequels? Bad sequels? Yeah. Oh, oh man. They just, there was one that just came out. Uh, oh, fuck. It's going to piss me off. <laughs> Damn. I'm, ra- I'm racking my brain. I know, too. Best sequel... One of my favorite sequels of all time, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Wow. Fire. Classic. I was one of those where I wasn't, like, high on Two Towers at first. That's the best movie in the trilogy, dog. Me, uh, before Sunrise. Or no, before Sunset. Yeah. Oh, I I watched those. Best sequel, in my opinion, ever. I watched, (laughs) I haven't watched before Midnight. I think I like Before Sunrise, so... Really? The, the first one, the most. Out of those two, I watched the sequel, too. I can dig it. it actually, I don't know. Actually, fuck. That was good, dude. The ending is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, in her apartment. To me, the one line mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Are they going to do another one? I love years? those movies. I think so. They, well, the 10 years has already came, before. right? Didn't yeah. it? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Okay, the Before Midnight came out like 2014, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like next yeah, year or two. Yeah, we still got a couple years. I think they have it. I think they've already talked about it. I don't know if it's official, though. Yeah, I mean, they seem like they're passionate about telling the story. And, and Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy do, does, like, you know, uh, collaborate with Richard Linklater in the script. And Do you think they've ever had, like, are... a love flame at all? Through I mean, the making of these movies, dude. See, I, I was thinking about that. I don't. Really, I don't even know. They. Like, that's probably easy. Because it is a lot of emotions that like you need to put on screen, right? And over thirty years, and yeah, the the chemistry between especially Julie like Delphine the first two movies. Off. It's like there's got to yeah. be something here, something else that's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one thing that I've always like wondered about is um, in terms of uh, people who act in any sort of uh, whether it's like a play uh, or just any form of like artistic collaboration like that. Like, how invested do you actually uh, become in your collaborators? Especially if you're like you're both single or something. You yeah, know? it'd be different if you both had like a spouse. Then it's like it's easier to like separate that. I yeah. feel like. Or it's even, it's harder if you hate your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Because it's like, there obviously has to be some sort of chemistry there, right? And, um, like, it just makes me think about, because when you're acting, like, you have to fully, like, channel, I mean, I guess some people do it, like, differently um, in terms of, like, being able to distance themselves from it. But I'd imagine that it is uh, when you're living in, like, that sort of, like, momentary space, like, on screen to create, like, a genuinely authentic uh, experience for the viewer. um, You really got to feel it. Yeah, you've got to feel it. Otherwise, it just comes across as fake, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe, like, some people... uh, like go back to like times that they've had moments like that to draw from and that would make a lot of sense but i'd imagine that like i don't know like it must be so intense feeling yeah like well there's the, probably uh, times where there's like two people really have like fire chemistry and they're like, you're, you cruise like whoa guys <laughs> 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 All right, cut, cut. <laughs> and then there's probably other times where one person's not in the other or they're just both not into each other and you can tell too so for uh, before sunrise, I'm, I think the the record store scene. I remember thinking, like, how do you orchestrate that 
to that efficiency? Like, do you have someone on each side of the actors, like telling them when to look and when not to look? Or is it like, did, did the director go like, okay, we're going to do the first scene or like the first meeting, go in here, we have a camera set up and just do this. And is it, there's a natural awkwardness. Yeah, Cause it I, felt so believable. I think it was the first take they used that they used for that. Like he didn't even, uh, the director didn't even play the uh, music for them or before at least Ethan Hawke, I believe. Um, and yeah, like, so the expressions on their face are like genuine and like, it just creates such a magical moment for not only like, uh, the people like filming the scene, but like also like us as viewers engaging with that because it's like witnessing love in its very earliest stages forming between two people who have their own individual lives and are somehow melding into like a Venn diagram of each other. And that is absolutely insane to watch occur on screen and to capture it so beautifully and organically. For best sequels, I think of uh, Terminator Judgment Day. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite action films of all time. That's with the female Terminator, right? That's three. Oh, okay, yeah. No, that's three, yeah. Oh, that's with the the guy who runs... Yeah, 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 like the slick bad... (laughs) Robert Robert Patrick plays the the antagonist, and he's great. He kind of, like, subverts the trope because Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, the, the machismo, you know? Like, he's the that figure but then you look at robert patrick and you're like this is the guy but he he is scary (laughs) yeah i remember my dad had that like special edition dvd you know Mm -hmm. you get those sick dvd pouches it was like metal like all silver metal with the dope like metal sleeve yeah that's you don't get that anymore yeah that and and the rage The raid. I think the raid Marinthal is what it's called. I think that's probably oh the raid up there. Yeah, probably like maybe number one or number two. Because I think just, I like the first one more because the first one. Wait, is Raid Redemption the the first one? That's yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah, but just the way that they took it out from not being because they had to use the same element that uh, Wild Tales did is having it take place in one location and just going up these levels and it being more difficult the further you go, like a video game. Um, but I think the raid to, uh, not to, um, Barenthal is what it's called, I think. Yeah, the sequel really upped it a notch, like with the budget and the action sequences and the violence and, yeah, and there are other, more characters that they introduce. And, um, oh, Empire Strikes Back too, of course. Mm, yes, that is that like one, one of the classics. Kind of slipped <clears throat> past me and you watched that. I watched the third and the first one. I don't know why the second one passed me. But the second one, man. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's where people debate about like Han shot first or something. That's the first one. Yeah. Is that the first one? Mm-hmm. I think though Empire Strikes Back is that's like unanimously every Star Wars. It's a classic favorite. battle, man. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan, Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Wait, that's the first one again. Oh, oh yeah, that's when they been looking and Vader fight now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and and that's yeah. when Luke has the high ground. There's a big spoiler. Like, Obi-Wan taught you well. <laughs> oh, he said that. And then they pull that out 30 oh, years shit. later. Damn. At least, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's what he says. He says, Obi-Wan taught you well. I just love the scale of the second one as well. Like, I feel like I you really get like a, uh, like a great idea of how much 
uh, power they have like throughout the galaxy, like especially with, like with like some of the cinematography in it, like seeing all the stormtroopers yeah. and stuff, like all lined up and whatnot, like. And it's the intro, the first scene. It's sick. Like when Luke has to fight off the fucking abominable snowman, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he cuts out the inside. It's oh, like classic Star Wars kill, like some gnarly, sick ass monster. I love that the uh, the film, the Leonardo DiCaprio film, The Revenant, pays homage to Star Wars. Right, R.I.P. That one's an incredible film, by the way. I love that film. And the Revenant when he takes out his lightsaber and cuts open the horse. <laughs> 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 uh, Harry Potter? No, I'm just kidding. Actually, Chamber, Chamber of Secrets. Wait, isn't I, that the one? I Chamber think it's Chamber of Secrets. Secrets. I stopped watching saying that's the, the best sequel or the worst sequel. Third, the third one. Mm. Azkaban, right? Mm-hmm. I stopped watching after that. Yeah, I never got into Harry Potter, man. Neither did I. Yeah, I, I used to re- like. I got up to the fifth book, reading it. But the fifth one, it was just like it. Like each book got thicker and thicker and thicker. And by the fifth one, I, my little fifth grade brain was like, "Whoa, man, this is too much for me." And I stopped keeping up with it. But yeah, I think like I stopped after the third movie too. Yeah, they have a franchise now, right? They do like <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then Johnny Depp was like on there, and now he's kicked out because of his uh, controversial like divorce, marriage divorce with Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. Like all the court drama. Oh, um, him. also like another movie. That's a great sequel. Dark Knight. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> but you know that's probably because Batman Begins wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a bit overrated. So you felt like uh, it was an alley oop, pretty much. <laughs> like the first one was like setting yeah. it up, and then the second one like dunks. <laughs> <laughs> I think they. I don't know. I think they could have used more Scarecrow in, in the first one. I feel like they did uh, Killian Murphy a, a disservice just because I think he's an under, he's an underrated actor, and um, you know, Dark Knight has a lot of hype because of Heath Ledger, and he, Heath Ledger got you know freedom to perform how he wanted as that character. And I, I don't know. I think Batman Begins could have been better, in my opinion. Like I guess it's more focused on Liam Neeson's character. And that was a good part. Taken two. Yeah. <laughs> when I take his Taken wife. Two. <laughs> yeah, hey, Batman killed him particular in that skills. <laughs> Shrek two. Oh, that's oh. actually a good sequel. I kind of forgot what Shrek two is about. Was that's, that's when they far, far away. Yeah. Mm. And she almost marries like the blonde dude, right? Who ends up Prince Charming, who Jamie Lannister looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too. Oh, also, a TMNT two, Secret of the U's. Oh, <laughs> is that all with Kevin Nash? I would see that. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe I used to have that on DVD though when I was a kid. It was so cool. Damn. Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat two. How did we forget? Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> with Goro. Damn. Yeah, dude, Goro. Wait, no, classic. That was the first one. Is, is the first one? Yeah, and Alation's oh, on with like the female version of that, and then the guy, the half horse, half. Oh, oh yeah, character. yeah. The first one's way better. Yeah. <laughs> Goro's in it. Like, come on. Oh yeah, they spent like a million dollars doing that effect because they did it all practical. It paid they, off. Honestly, they had, like, like so many people puppeteer um, Goro, and the way they filmed that was really great. Like at the time, just to yeah, to do that. 
<laughs> make it believable and see yeah I, I I honestly want to spoil something about the movie Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat, Kombat now, it came out in 1995. I mean, come on, I know. Oh no, I mean yeah. the new one. <laughs> oh, the new one. <laughs> well, I just want to hear hear your take on it. How do you think they? Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. It probably is. I'm sorry <laughs> in advance. Um, how do you think they handled Goro in this remake? I personally, well, no, go for it. Yeah. Fuck, he felt compared, somewhat compared of a throwaway character as well. Uh, oh, the, the, this word came to mind. Uh, he's like a jobber. Mm. I heard of that term. Right? What's or a jobber? Like, yeah. it's, a, like, pers- it's a character that someone creates so that like when they come into play, they make the, the main character look good mm. by being weaker than them or by showing that like the main character can just like... Yeah, yeah, take you out. They're they're the lose, but not lose humiliate to humiliation, not to him. Yeah, mm, it's like, like it's, it's a like wrestling a solid fight. Right? Yeah, but they like, do that too often, though. In this new one, mm-hmm. they just bring these characters in so that they can get fatality. They they literally have a character in for like maybe two scenes just to get killed, and I was like, what? Dude, like, I can't believe they let Goro in so soon. I was like, okay. what the fuck? Like, and the and the way that they handled the CGI, mm-hmm. I thought the first movie did so much better of a job of actually showing and making Goro seem like a like a, I would never want to see somebody like that in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I would run away as fast as I could. <laughs> I would give the movie props for having like some decent practical effects mm-hmm. like there was some stuff that actually did practical and like there was real blood like splattering on a yeah. person's face so it's just like i like that you know they didn't rely too much on digital blood or anything you know like they mm-hmm. had some pretty cool stuff that happened like i wouldn't say more Kombat's like awful or anything it's just you know you're not gonna expect a great story but you are gonna see some like pretty cool scenes that's all mm-hmm. i want yeah, yeah. mm-hmm I'll just watch the Mortal Kombat 9 cutscenes on YouTube again. <laughs> That'll be my Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe tells him that Sub-Zero is really good, but I feel like maybe he's just too f- advanced that maybe like they couldn't film the kind of fight scenes that they could have, you know? Because they don't want to hurt all the... All, everyone in the movie is hot. Everyone is like a CW actor, you know, like, you know, like the Jessica, Jessica McNamee as uh, Sonya Blade. I thought she was really, really good in the movie. Dude, um, I've, I've been seeing all over Reddit, like people just like, like clamoring over Liu Kang's like shoulder, like stretch. Dude, like. Ludi Lin, man. Was, I thought he was a good, like, I thought some of the castings uh, were pretty good. Like I'd say the film did justice to, uh casting like Mortal Kombat characters and the actors for it because I'm I'm a low-key like Mortal Kombat fan and um oh yeah again like they had another jobber uh, Reptile oh yeah Uh, dude that was such a letdown I think Reptile could have had a better um could have at least had an arc they didn't have he didn't have an arc at all it's just little Godzilla getting killed getting his heart pulled out by Kano which I'm fine. I like Kano. (laughs) Kano was cool. (laughs) One thing I really liked I mean one well uh one I mean, I really liked Kung Lao. Like, honestly, like, I thought he was great. Um, I wish that he would have gotten more screen time. Yeah. I really wish, like... But you already, you already know the story, though, with his character, that he mm-hmm. dies every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. Because that's, that's what drives Liu Kang. But, uh, but the film doesn't really drive that 
as a focus. It just kind of happens on the side, I felt like. And, and everything happens so quickly. Like, it's all in the span of, like, three days. I could have used a, a three-hour cut of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> there's, there's, so, I haven't seen the movie. I agree. Are you guys familiar with the MK9 story? Mm-mm. It's the best Mortal Kombat story. It's the Dang. remake one. When they, and that's the one that I have, too. They compiled one through three into one, like, campaign story you can play. I was wondering. So there's no tournament. Not yet. No. no not no, in this no. first one. No, this one seemed... Like it was all just, it was all just like you know teeing it up for the sequel. That's Uh, what this movie is. But then uh, the yeah, because about like because Shane (laughs) yeah, and there's already like (laughs) yeah, dude, and there's already like main characters who are like done, like they're just gone. Oh my, that's so upset. Because like the first one, there's no like possible revival. Tournament on the island Mm -hmm. for Shang Tsung. Second one, outer realm tournament with Shao Kong sitting in his throne watching the yeah. glooming threat of Shao Kong. Mm-hmm. How do they fuck that up? Oh, dude, okay. I don't it know, man. Pretty much because since in the first Mortal Kombat, it takes place in... Didn't it take place in uh, Outer World? Or whatever other dimension there? Or was it in Earth Realm? I don't know. There's it, like monsters and demons running around. It's out, Outer Realm. And mm-hmm. if it's Earth, it's Earth Realm, I believe. Unless they're changing that as well. Yeah, because... In this new one, you know, it takes place at like a fighting gym, you know, and it's all frozen. Yeah, just and stuff. just all like it just just small areas across yeah. the world. Like mm-hmm. it seemed like a state, like they it's just like a Street Fighter sounding tournament. Yeah, yeah, a, like and and they just no, you're right. Like they messed it up so badly. In term, I mean, this is just my opinion on uh, how they handled the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think that they jumped the gun on it way too soon. And the fact that they could just, like, teleport people together, like, you know, like, an actual fighting game mechanic where, they're you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to fight this person on this stage. That's what it was. That's literally what it was. Like, it wasn't like, oh, how did you get here? Oh, or where where does this come into play? It's like, nope. Oh, Raiden, you can, like, transport me anywhere? Sure, let's just uh, assassinate them (laughs) beforehand because they're assassinating us. Like, and then it's like before the tournament even begins. And they talk about that. I want to strongly recommend you guys like either buy Mortal Kombat 9 for the story or just watch it on YouTube because it's just straight up like a decent MK movie. What, uh, what console was it on? It was on the 360. And I don't think it's come to the new ones yet, oh, which is a shame. That's the one where you can unlock Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah, he's like a DLC. Yeah, towards that the end. one's my, one of my favorite Mortal Kombat movies. I, liked, I, I unlocked the, uh, the classic costumes for Scorpion and Reptile just so I can do the, uh, the classic fatalities. <laughs> Yeah, and the costume's pretty awesome, too. And yeah. So if we're on the subject of uh, fighting games, how do you guys feel about the Soul Calibur series? Favorite. I've yeah, played favorite. a couple of them. Yeah. I like them. I I played it, like, as a younger age, and then I just fucking tapered off it. But those games were sick when I did play them. Mm-hmm. I was big on two. I have six. Got all the DLC. I, I think yes. Soul Calibur was doing a rift on, like, character modeling, right? Because if you take control of a female character, you can like adjust the cup size of like the character. I think Soul Calibur. I think it was Soul Calibur Four. No, that's where that happened. That's Did Dead or that? Alive. Oh, Dead or Alive? No, it's not Dead or Alive, is no, it? No, yeah, I know that. That's definitely a mechanic in the Dead or Alive series. Like, has anyone talked about this? I feel like. <laughs> Another tangent. Oh, please. <laughs> we're we transitioned into After Dark. We're, yeah, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like multiplayer gaming has ruined campaign gaming. At oh. least for me. Like, once fucking 
ones like Halo and you know, obviously like Counter Strike, repeat like. But like for console players, like once Halo and Call of Duty came about, it was like, I for me, I stopped playing like camp- campaign type games like Soul Calibur or like Final Fantasy, fucking anything. I was even playing like the Lord of the Rings fucking campaign <laughs> games. Now I never do. I haven't played a campaign in fucking. I can't even remember the last campaign I've played. Red Dead, I guess. Oh, mm. I gotta play Red Dead. Gotta and play, GTA. Uh, Call of Duty. Even like, yeah, <laughs> Call of Duty. I don't play anymore. Any any game. Halo, I'll play campaign though. I think two of the uh, games that I absolutely enjoyed, like the single player that like shaped my youth, was a uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yes. And then and then also Kingdom Hearts. Oh yep. <laughs> There's still good. I got. There's the near replicant <laughs> version, something, something. That has an amazing story. I bought it on a whim just because I saw it came out. And yeah, it's like a very. The music's amazing. And the, yeah, it's a very emotional story that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pat, you put me on the near automata. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that's, a, that's another really great game. The first one's better. Really? The story's way better than the second. Are the, they, the are they making a new one? Are you talking about the one that just came out like two days ago? Oh, oh yeah, that might be the one. That's like a, yeah, it's a remake of the first one. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm getting it. Or fucking Pokemon, like. <laughs> oh, Pokemon was great. Yeah, I played well, every. I played. I've beat every campaign. You go to sleep playing Pokemon. Till like the latest one that came out. Well, I don't even know the newest one. Like it's Sword and Shield. <laughs> I didn't beat that. What What are some of your favorite ones out of the series? Oh, Crystal is the best. Yes. <laughs> Crystal. I knew there was a I mean, obviously, we like, yellow is sick, too, but Crystal is literally yellow, but, but Crystal. <laughs> with Johto and King Toe. Yeah, and it's in color. And it's in color, and you get to fight fucking Ash or Red. Dude, yeah. let's be and honest. And you get to fight 16 gems. Let's be honest, the, uh, the, the way that they pulled off the cartridge... That was the thing that stood out to me the most. And like, yeah. seeing Suicune That on cartridge it, is, is the fucking it's sickest like, cartridge. Like, I think of, now, I remember buying that on eBay like in like 20, 2008 or 2009. So the game had already been out for like 10, almost 10 years. I got it for like 30 bucks. I think now, I look at it right now, it's probably like fucking 300 bucks. Dude, I still, I still have mine. I wrote... Kevin's property, booyah! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it on Sharpie, and it's still. I on remember there. one time I restarted the game, dude. You know how you could like pull up on like Entei and Suicune, like or not Suicune and Crystal, but like the legendary dogs, like at any time in the story mode, doesn't matter. I remember it was like the first fucking Pokemon I encountered when I got my uh, like picked out my Cyndaquil or whatever. It was a fucking Entei, and I caught it off of off one Pokeball, off a Pokeball. <laughs> I swear to, I'm not even lying. It was the fucking most insane. I was like, what the fuck? Yes! And then you can't use him for like four fucking oh, yeah, gyms because they won't listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the most wild Pokemon shit that ever happened to me. And I think they, that's when they brought in Shinies too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the GOAT Pokemon game. Emerald's dope too. Oh, I like Ruby a the lot. The third release, I always like the third release because you get like both. Oh, I love uh, PsyOps. Yeah, has ever played PsyOps? Oh, that the Mind Brigade? One. Yeah, that one's awesome. That was one of like the best like action, like sci-fi fantasy games I played because you can like control like you can possess other people and like have them commit suicide. It was pretty sadistic, but I loved it. What was that 007 <laughs> game? 
Goldeneye. 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 Yes. Goldeneye. Goldeneye is the goat. <laughs> That's like the first N64. fucking video game that got me into video games. Mm-hmm. That campaign was amazing yeah. too. They did really great on the animations. Like the end, the character reactions when you shoot them. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like you shoot I a guy in the butt, like and like he'll, he'll like jump up. Like they actually react very naturally. They're like your gunshot. That game <laughs> shaped gaming into what it is now. Yeah, like it had like a profound effect, especially on the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember like having my next door neighbors over and like playing that game on N sixty four like every day after school. And like one of my favorite stages was the one where it's like the metal. And you can like go up into the uh, the ceiling, uh, like the air ducts and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, dude, I would always like lead them into there, and then like I would leave, and then like I would like peek to see when they came, and then I'd have like a remote mine, and I'd blow them up inside of the air. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pokemon Crystal, just the cartridge, is selling for over a hundred dollars on eBay. Wow, one fifty, one fifteen, one fifty, ninety. That dude, one looks like shit. Dude, I still have blue version. If you want to make 150 bucks, I somehow lost all those. I had red, blue, crystal. <laughs> what? All the shit. Gold. Silver? I didn't have silver. Silver was great. That was my favorite. That was my favorite one, yeah. Lugia was too. my favorite legendary, though, for sure. That's why I like crystal, because then you can just go catch Lugia, you go catch Hello. <laughs> oh, God. One of my favorite underrated games is uh, Beautiful Joe. Mm. And the first and second one are really good. Yeah. It's really... Um, yeah, I feel like that one's timeless. Sucks that it got closed. I think the studio went down. Yeah? Damn. Clover Studio. And that explains why there is, hasn't been a Beautiful Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got an anime, I think. I did? Yeah, I don't think oh. it's good, though. <laughs> what about uh, Ape Escape 2? Oh, Ape Escape. I'm not going to lie. That was a good one. On the first PlayStation, I played that one. Ape Escape. Now that was, I remember being a kid, and we had the demo discs on the PS1, and something about that game just scared me. <laughs> playing <laughs> Ape Escape. <laughs> like, I don't like it. I just stopped playing. <laughs> oh, what about Metal Gear Solid 2? That's another great sequel. That was the first and only um, Metal Gear series that I got into. <laughs> I was very confused, but I liked the story. Like I like how eccentric it was. But yeah, and man, the ending to that one was crazy. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Four is my favorite out of the entire series. They're all amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. They are. <sighs> Those should be movies, but they'll never happen. Oh, Phantom Pain. Mm, yeah. But honestly, I, I, I honestly really enjoyed the, um, the like, 30-minute cutscenes. <laughs> no, they're great. <laughs> when you care about the characters, it's like a little movie between gameplay. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when, when you're playing a video game and then they just say, go take a break. So you just make a sandwich while you're watching it. <laughs> no, you're emotionally involved. Like Ryan's, Ryan's. Yeah, I'm holding my, I'm holding my like controller for white blood. Like yeah, holding my controller for ten minutes straight. <laughs> you're like, Whoa. I'm, ready, I'm ready to push a button at any moment. <laughs> well, Kojima, you can move the camera. You have a little, you have a little window to be your own cinematographer. Like, you can go left, and you can go right. Yeah, and it's all like shaking and stuff. Yeah, you can the- zoom. <laughs> It's like, hey, you're there, but you can just look around for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's our tangible. 
Man, I think Max Payne could have been a really good movie, video game adaptation. It mm-hmm. was not. It was not at all. I liked it, but I was a kid when I saw it. <laughs> it was... Oh, it the was, Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. yeah. I just saw it a guy not. popping pills. <laughs> oh, I, I'm talking about the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was so yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's going to go watch <laughs> Mad Max. Or not Mad Max, Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> gonna put some bills because I relate to this guy. <laughs> Revenge movie. <laughs> that that great bit where he comes in the door of the villain of the movie. He's on he's on substances and he like he's opening the door and shooting the ground and like he can't control his arm and he's calling out to him. <laughs> it's like a comical. It's meant to be tense. Like how much he wants vengeance. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I would have to revisit it because I didn't like it the first time I watched it. And I watched it in theaters and on opening day. It was just like, fuck. They did this wrong. <laughs> I was a fan of the Mad Max series. Or not Mad Max. Why did I keep saying that? Dude, Max Ma- Payne. Mad Max 2 was honestly really great. The sequel. Yeah, yeah that sequel was amazing. It was really good, yeah. Road Warrior? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really great, yeah. Damn. Also, uh, shoot, what was it? Um... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'm pretty sure that that was... Western? Western? Yeah, was it... Wait, was that the third one? Yeah, I think that was the third one. Was it? No, I couldn't... Is that a trilogy? Yeah, the Dollars trilogy. It's a... Oh, oh, no, uh... Never mind. Um, Fist... uh, For a few dollars more, that was a really great sequel. Um, so it's a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and then The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. (laughs) I think so. I've only seen The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I know Eastwood's in the other two. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember watching that as like a kid. Like for some reason, they were having a marathon on it. I was like, "Whoa, that's so cool! I want to be able to wear a poncho. <laughs> I want to live in a lawless land." <laughs> for a time, I didn't like the idea of westerns just because it's so uh, like ruthless and kind of like um, nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Like living in that time would be like so difficult. I gotta be a cowboy. It's also it's like trying to be a soldier. And uh, yeah, some people can't handle that. And you find out um, the dark web can hire assassins to kill you. <laughs> like, sometimes I go out and be like, I hope Anton Sugar is not out after me for something. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the best. Like, I mean, is, is that a vengeance? Is that a revenge movie? It's like a, I thought it was like a neo noir. Yeah, yeah. It's like a new noir. It's like, like a cat and mouse game. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of western. I could see it being a western. It's in Texas. I, I kind of see No Country for Old Men as like a slight horror film. And even the Coen brothers said like you can see it as a horror film and how they're influenced by uh, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. And the Terminator kind of feels like horror centric as well. Like someone, an unstoppable force, like chasing after you, and you know, like you're powerless to it. It's you're like, just a human being. Yeah, it's it's literally just fate on screen, mm-hmm. like in a in a character <laughs> just it's chasing like, after you. Like human beings have having to resort to like trying to do like superhuman things, but they can't. Those like, naked freaks. Oh <laughs> man, like, where is the sequel? Just coming naked freaks. Uh, oh, I got another good sequel. Uh, Human Centipede 3. I haven't seen a single one of them. I haven't seen any of them. I don't even know if there's a third one. I think there is, yeah. It's out of prison. I believe. Mm. Oh, God. It's just more people. <laughs> I've seen the, the Key and Peele skit. <laughs> 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 
where it's like, hey, you're the fucking the middle guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember me? I was in the front. <laughs> He's like out on a date with the girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of it for sequels. I like Scream. Does it count when it's somewhere in the middle of the franchise to say it's a bad sequel? Because I thought Scream 3 was pretty bad. But I thought Scream 4 was a really good follow-up. I think sequels are after the first one in the same story, so it mm-hmm. could be film 20. It's still a sequel. Godfather Part 2. Oh, yeah. I have yet to see The Godfather in its entirety, actually. Primo. Yeah. Primo. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Chef's kisses. So should we just like we should just like segue half of this into the other episode? That was a good pause. No, so I can't just end it. We can just end it. So yeah. self end it. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. So right. that was our after that episode. Thank you for tuning in to hearing us talk about video game movies and adaptations and remakes and sequels. This one just really went off the rails. It was yeah. fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we had a lot to talk about. We, we, we were deprived. It's been like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Follow Probably. us on Instagram. And like a lot of our audience is from Apple and iTunes. So, and Spotify as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give us a review. Tell us if you know we're picking like good movies or should we keep picking these kind of movies? Or do you guys like subtitles? <laughs> I, th- I say we should do like first person to drop a suggestion that doesn't know us personally. Yeah, we'll just pick a random movie from. We will watch that yeah. movie, no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be the. <laughs> watch it be like a Serbian film. It's gonna be the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I hope. I'm gonna watch uh, Deus Spigolo, Mel Gigolo. Oh yes. <laughs> or other Rob Schneider movies. I want to thank the chick. I want to thank the guy off or talking about the Schneider cut of the Justice League. That doesn't count if we do this. That was like a homie of yours. If we get just some random guy. Oh no, it's someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a friend. Oh. Yeah. That was your, your someone you know. Yeah. Oh no, it's something we all know. Like oh, it's just okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh really? Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. I mean, I'm still down. But <laughs> yeah, I watched a warehouse scene in Batman v Superman just to hype myself up and be like, yeah, I can do Batman workouts. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, that's it for our podcast. Uh, yeah, follow us, send us more questions. Like, that was very um, entertaining. And yeah, we have a new idea for a possible episode. So yeah, stay tuned and uh, thanks for tuning in. Oh, I wanna see what's bringing